Gelding Tausch begins now. And in a few minutes, we'll be joined by our, bu- our Bucks buddy, Justin Garcia, to talk about the Bucks who seem to be figuring it out. Still without Chris Middleton, by the way, which is an important piece of what they do. Um, but they win at Minnesota, and they win at Philly. Tausch, you are the resident Bucks fan. Uh, I don't know if you have any more Bucks games on the schedule. I know there's only 15 left um, that you'll be going to, but <laughs> I think there's 24 left. No. Uh, I don't know how many home games, games There actually might be around 15 home there games. There could yeah. be. That's okay. true. Um, but are you feeling better about the Bucks before we talk to Justin? Because maybe he'll make you feel even better then. Um, no. I mean, I still feel like we're going to struggle at certain spots, but uh, you have to be patient when you decide to make a big, bold move like this ownership group did with moving on and, and bringing Doc Rivers in. I I guess I'm skeptical of Doc Rivers until proven otherwise. Doc has had great teams in the past. And Doc's group, for whatever reason, there's, there's different reasons things happen. Uh, they only got over the hump the one time, and that was with a stack team and everything kind of fell their way Mm -hmm. this team i think if you can get bobby and pat to play at a high level this is going to and Giannis said this after the break where's dollar dame going to be at dollar dame is the key to this whole thing Giannis is going to be Giannis. uh brooke lopez will be brooke lopez chris middleton's health and can he guard and then where's dollar dame at Dalla Dame needs to be a closer and a stud. If he is doing that, the Milwaukee Bucks can beat anybody. Can he do that consistently? Is he going to hold up? Those are the questions I have. And if they can, I would think that they could beat anybody but Boston. I think right now Boston is your prohibitive favorite. Does that mean you can beat them? Yeah, you can beat them. Seven games, a seven-game series, there are no flukes. You're the better team. You handle their adjustments. I'll adjust off of your adjustments. But what it really says is my guys are better than your guys. Mm-hmm. That's what a seven-game series does. I think Boston has more talent than the Milwaukee Bucks. But I think Giannis is the best player on the court. And if Dalla Dame can be the next best and doing the things he needs to do on a more consistent basis, I saw a stat, and Jesse will correct me if I'm wrong, I believe if he scores 30-plus, the Milwaukee Bucks are 19-0. and 0. Wait, 30-plus? Yeah, if he scores 30-plus. <laughs> what, he averages 27, get to 30 and win. Is that what you're – why are you cackling? Like, uh, is that some big number? It's more chortling. You score 150. You're scoring 140 points. Your best, your best shooting guard, you can't get 30? So you're saying that – both Giannis, I will ask Justin this, but you're saying that it feels like a no-blank-blank blank stat. If he scores more than 30, no, you're going to win. Jason, no, this is where, again, I don't want to get into being a basketball guy compared to sometimes media guy from the mid-2000s. <laughs> basketball, basketball guy and guy. media guy. But when Dan Marino would throw for 600 yards, that wasn't a good thing for the Dolphins. No, that's a false equivalency. Come on. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. It's not. 
Dalla Dame is is asked and needed to be that guy on this team. There's not as much scoring with this group, and they brought Dalla Dame in not because he's a great defender, but because he's a closer, and he's got the when it's time. I'm sorry, he's a what? A closer. Closer. When it's time, it's time. And Uh playoffs are going to be Dalla Dame's time. So all of the other stuff is kind of moot. And he needs to be a he needs to be a big time scorer. He can't just be average. Okay. And if he is, I believe. And again, I, I you can fact check me. I believe that number is nineteen and up. All right. So so first of all, I as much as I love the idea of you as a basketball guy, and me being the media guy, Damian Lillard is averaging twenty four point five points per game, yeah. which is not the same as averaging close to 30. So that's A. B, Giannis, you, you know him? You know him? Giannis... I've heard of him, yep. ...is averaging 30.8 points per game. Okay. okay? So, yeah, yeah. If, if you could get Giannis... I bet they're undefeated when Giannis and Dalla Dame both score over 30. Also, I would think, in those 19 games that Lillard scored 30... I'd be curious how many Giannis did. But yeah, what you're you, not getting, Jason, what you're not t- understanding Please tell is, me what I'm not understanding. <laughs> what you're not understanding is Dalla Dame isn't just your run-of-the-mill you know, guard. No, I under. I understand he your point. To, I don't think your I don't numbers. Know if you do. Yeah. I didn't bring the numbers up. Someone brought them up, and it's, again, I know you, you don't care about You brought up inaccurate numbers is Hold what you up. brought up. No, I didn't know exactly how many points a game he scored. I'm also seeing but 13 and 1 when Lillard scores 30, so we'll have to check on how accurate that is. Oh, all right, man. well, somebody gave me somebody gave me bad intel, but all I'm my point is Grandpa still the George. same. Grandpa George, my my point is still the same. Dalla Dame is what's going to, and I listen to the players, and they'll tell me what is needed. Giannis is basically saying I need Dalla Dame to be a big time Dalla Dame. And right now, there's been too much inflation against Dalla Dame. The value of Dalla Dame's 24 needs to be the do- needs to be the value of 30 points a game. So 24 ain't going to do it. He needs to ramp up. Sure. And we're going to be a little worse defensively. We knew that when we made this trade, and we expected to be much better on offense. Sometimes we have, sometimes we haven't. But what Doc is trying to do is be better. The other thing, the other little nugget that I found that I'm sure JG will agree with that I saw is that the transition defense under Doc Rivers is now the Milwaukee Bucks are the best in transition defense. That was not the case with Griff. And I think that's a big piece to what is going on. Now Doc's getting a little time with these guys. That needs to stay, and Dalla Dame needs to be a stud. If that's the case, the Bucks can win it. If not... It's going to be another run-of-the-mill disappointing postseason for this group. All right. Well, we'll see if uh, JG has the accurate statistics on uh, the Bucks' record when uh, Dalla Dame scores uh, more than 30 points. We'll also get his insights into how the Bucks' transition defense has improved, etc. But that will happen after Tausch tells us again about Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Uh, and a great deal going on right now. Zero percent interest for up to three years. Or you can make no down payment, no interest, and no payments for 18 months. But imagine having those beautiful, sexy, 
Pella windows and doors installed, but not having to make a single payment on them for a year and a half. And with interest rates way up and all the call, everything else, you're not doing anything for a year and a half. Take advantage of it now, though, because this deal at Pella only lasts till leap year or leap day. February 29th, Pella's expert team installs year-round, and they'll customize any new window or door to match your home's unique decor. Visit PellaWI.com today to learn more. Our Bucks buddy Justin Garcia sets us straight on all the stats and shares his insight next. It's Wilde and Tausch. You're listening to Wilde and Tausch on 94.5 ESPN. Missed any of the show? Find us on Wisconsin On Demand wherever you get your podcasts. It's free, it's everywhere, and it's for you. It's been too long. It's been too long since we heard this music, which means it's been too long since we've talked to our Bucks buddy. You hear him on the Bucks Radio Network. He's on the color on the home games. He's doing Bucks talk, Bucks shots, and. Buck's house with the real estate market, everything you need I'm assuming, when it comes to the Bucks. I'm assuming those interest rates are affecting JG's Bucks house. I think it's tough. All right. So uh, feel like, aren't they coming down? I thought they were oh, coming what down. A flex. What is this flex that JG's got? Hey, wait a minute. Were you not here the last time we did this? No. I, was. Well, somebody, I thought he was here. I thought he was too. Yeah. Is this the first Maybe you're I seeing of these shoes? Dude, that uh, is sick. My. Max would go crazy seeing that he has become a shoe guy, and now every time he sees an Air Force One with different colors, he's mixing and matching blue and red, and he is all in on the Air Force One game, and it looks like JG's got a pretty nice little collection. Um, If I may interrupt, for those of you that are not watching on video, if you're not watching on video. It's not an Air Force One, one, two, three, four, five up in your middle column? No. No, there's no Air really? Force Ones in uh, my collection. Oh. There's some Air Max, some okay. Jordan Ones. The Grinch. Some Dunks. The Grinches, yeah. Uh, Justin oh. Garcia is our Bucks buddy. He joins us from his shoe closet in his palatial estate. Uh, hey, Jason, if you're interviewing, there's a new coach with the Badgers, and his name, last name is Grinch. Would you bring anything Christmas-related up in your introductory uh, meeting with this guy? Coach, I hear you're a mean one. Is that an accurate depiction of your coaching style? <laughs> that would have been better than what I went with. That's not the road I went. So here's the problem with that, and Justin, help me out with this. Did you ask done him if he stole Christmas? Uh, yeah, what did that you ask? Really good what did you ask? It was, Is your it was heart three sizes too this. small? Uh, here's the problem. Uh you don't think he's heard everyone possible with the last name of Grinch? Like, are you really going to cover new ground with those jokes? Is Madison an upgrade from Whoville? <laughs> that one's not bad. He might not have gotten that one before. <laughs> that would have been better. Yeah. Should've. So wait a minute. What did you go with? I don't remember. I think that video. It was that out bad. I, I don't remember. That wasn't great. Now hopefully it gets chopped. But you I should have asked for our help. We could have helped you. I uh, like that we, up, yeah. like we asked Justin Garcia for help when it comes to the Bucks because we believe in experts, and he is definitely that. All right, Justin, help us understand. 
I, look, NBA games are what, worth one-fifth-ish of an NFL game? So we obsess over the 17 regular season games. Uh, 82 of these games are played in the National Basketball Association. Someone, you know, there's somewhere between 15 and 25 games left in the season. What should we take from the win over the T-Wolves and over the 76ers in their last two games? Because before that, boy, were the Bucks the most popular team to criticize across all of media? People were getting after them constantly. Now they've won back-to-back against pretty good teams. Um, the Bucks and uh, their coach, and, and thanks for having me, by the way, guys. But, yeah, they, they had drawn quite a bit of criticism. I think what you take from these two games is – they're headed in the right direction. Um, everybody's tossed around the numbers. I heard Tausch go through the Dame numbers. They're 21-2, and two, by the way, in games where Damian Lillard scores 26 or more. So that seems oh. to be the magic number. I, I did see that 19-0 and 0 when he's shooting 50%. But, oh. I mean, you would expect that. 50% is pretty good that if a player shoots yeah. that from the field, a good I'm thinking they're going to win. Um, but their defense has, has obviously been much, much better. Uh, a better and transition is as Tausch pointed to they've given up the fewest fast break points in the league since Doc Rivers took over but all the numbers um, really since the coaching change and this isn't to pile on Adrian Griffin but it, gonna, it though, just shows you how much how much and I know you guys love this uh, this phrase but they've just gone out and they grabbed the low hanging fruit that they've <laughs> kind of boiled down to what was causing these issues and how can we make the most immediate impact? The two biggest things are transition and rebounding because the Bucks were getting killed in transition before and uh, they were not good on the glass either. And that was a staple under Mike Budenholzer for five years. The issues with those are, number one, if you're giving up transition points, you're going to give up a lot of points. And the Bucks were seeing teams run off of makes, which you don't see – very much. The Bucks would make a basket, and the opponent's already down the floor with an advantage. But the rebounding one seemed to splinter a number of areas, that they weren't defensive rebounding at the rate that they typically do. A lot of that had to do with where you were positioning Giannis and Brooke Lopez. You weren't around the basket anymore. You were playing on the perimeter. That led to a lot of blow-bys and points in the paint. And then those opponent offensive rebounds, which started to skyrocket really in January – that led to second chance points, which either was going to juice the opponent points in the paint, or as you know, we've seen more times than not, if you give an opponent a second chance, they're typically going to hit a three-pointer with it, and that's what was happening. So since the coaching change, they've really cleaned up those two areas. They've been one of the best rebounding teams in the league, and they've really cleaned up their transition. Fast break is a big part of that. But transition overrated the amount of possessions that the opponent is running there. They've gone from dead last to the middle of the pack there, and that's taken away some of those easy baskets as well. And this is all without really layering in a whole lot of different looks from Doc Rivers as he's kind of stressed. I don't want to overwhelm them. That you know, I, I don't want them spending time thinking about what am I supposed to do here. You get the sense based on what Doc has said so far. He's, he's basically come in with Rex Kalamian, who's running his defense, and instructed them on what not to do. We'll, we'll weave in and layer in some of the newer things as we get more comfortable. But in the time being, don't do this. And he singled out, look, I love Damian Lillard. I don't need Damian Lillard crashing on the boards for rebounds. I don't need guys that are beyond the three-point line 
going and trying to get offensive rebounds. That's leading to the transition baskets, and they've eliminated all of that, and it seems that, in turn, that's boosted this defense from in the bottom 10 to now in the top 10 since this coaching change. JG, was that an effort thing? Because when I, if you're coaching little people, it's an effort thing. Get back. you got to sprint. Was it an effort thing, or was it – what was the big thing? Because, yeah, you just said, well, don't, don't go down and crash the boards. What has been the yeah. big change? Well, I think the big change is structure. And, um, again, you can take this as let's pile on the coach that's no longer here, but that really is what kind of stood out. And, and I talked with a few other people about this. Of, yeah, I don't know what to make of this, with Eric Main and, and with Dave Kane and a few others. Of So what what is the strategy here? Because more often than not, you'll hear the coach lay out, look, this is what we're going to do. We're going to crash offensive glass, or we're not going to do it. It's one or the other. And a lot of what we heard in those first 43 games was it was almost like a choose-your-own-adventure. If you think you can get there, go get it. But if you have guys freelancing like that, you're not playing connected and together as a unit. And I think that was a big part of it is you were seeing guys that were going in for a rebound when in reality you need to get back in transition. So to me, I think it was more about structure, and we've heard that come up quite a bit, not just with rebounding, but with a lot of things. Of Doc Rivers has come in and he set a structure of here's the expectations, here's what we're going to do. And look, that's always going to be tough for a first-time head coach. You don't have that to lean back on. You have the experience of being an assistant coach, but Adrian Griffin had never worn the whistle before at any level, not just at the NBA, college or high school. And that was part of the adjustment. So I think that's been what was lacking the most is somebody coming in and saying, here's what we're going to do, but more importantly, here's what we're not going to do. Yeah, that seems crazy to me. You get championship players that have been there, but I digress. I don't want to pile on, to use your term, uh, on Adrian Griffin. On the low-hanging fruit. Yeah. JG, what did you make of – oh, yeah, look at those oranges. What did you make of Giannis at the All-Star break saying, this is Dame's team, we need Dame to, you know, be the guy? Is that a mess? What? There's always these little subliminal, and it's not the same thing when Rodgers or somebody else would say it, but when Giannis said that, what did that tell you? I think it's true, um, and we've kind of heard the same from Doc Rivers, too, in that um, I, I talk about some of the things that Doc has tried to put in place. Getting Damian Lillard going is, is one of the big ones, and, and he's kind of said from the start, you know, I want the ball in his hands more. I know Giannis has been a great playmaker, and he's continued to grow there, and he can handle the ball, and he's deadly in transition, but I think he's going to be even more scary without the ball in transition when Dame is bringing it up the floor. And and you do need to get Damian Lillard going and comfortable and get him into a rhythm for those numbers that we pointed to in, in the Bucks' success when he scores 26 or more points in his shooting percentages so I think it's a recognition of that from Giannis. Um, I also think it's it's Giannis, as he kind of talked a little bit more in that, too, of, you know, it's, it's not as easy as everybody's kind of mentioning. And I think there's kind of some frustration there, too, when you hear, why aren't Giannis and Dane running the pick and roll so much? And Doc has talked about this, too, of, okay, it's not that simple. It's not NBA 2K that if, if opponents see they're setting up that two-man game, they're going to blitz Damian Lillard to get the ball out of his hands, and then it's all for naught. So... Uh, you need to figure out how can we set that up and how can we get to that. And you need Damian Lillard to have the ball there. But I think the biggest part of it is 
you know, Giannis will be the first to point out he hits the free throws when they matter, and he's off to a pretty good start in these two games at the free throw line. But one of the reasons why you got Damian Lillard was because of that. When you think about Dame time, and he's a 93% free throw shooter this season, best in his career. Uh, he's hit those free throws late early in the season in some big wins. And his half-court offense is what this team was lacking the last five years. So I think it's a recognition there, too, of, look, I'm still going to get my 30 points, but we need this guy to be our closer. Because we're 19-0 and when he scores at least 30 points in a game. Talking with Justin Garcia, our Bucks buddy. Uh, Justin, JG, can you explain to Jason that a lot of times when one person is dominant scoring, nobody else gets involved and you get beat? Like, I don't think Jason understands that concept. Can you don't explain take this out on me because you had the stat wrong. Uh, it wasn't me that gave that stat. That was a Twitter You stat. gave it on the radio. <laughs> I did. I did. I did. Now, okay, it is on me. Uh, it's, thank you, Truman. It is my fault. Thank you. It's, it was played it's, by Gary it's tough to get into a rhythm. Oppenheimer. Yeah, it's it's tough yeah. to get into a rhythm, and then you run into the issue yeah. of guys that haven't had as many touches and are cold that once yes. teams start to load up and say, we got to get the ball out of his hands, then you're asking cold shooters to take over. I think you would point to a couple of weeks ago, the Timberwolves, when Carl Anthony Towns had 62 points, and they blew the lead and lost the game because there was no other offense coming anywhere else. Mm. So they're 0-1-1 when he scores 62. <laughs> Which would go against everything that Jason just said. Um, I don't. Uh, sure. Uh, if Damian Lillard is scoring 30 and shooting 50% from the field, I think they're going to win most of those games, yes, regardless of what Giannis might do in that game. Uh, let's talk about the third member of their quote-unquote big three. You know, all these teams have them. And they another factor in the way they've played, perhaps, is that they haven't had Chris Middleton. Now, you and I are big on Chris Middleton. Uh, what is the prognosis there? What is the expectation there? And how does that change their offensive paradigm that then they would have three guys that are capable of scoring consistently, which I think would probably be very, very, very good for their offense? So I, I it sounds like it's close uh, to his return. I don't think he's going to play in tomorrow's game just based off what Doc Rivers said, but it, it seems like it could be maybe a week from today that he's back that we've heard over and over. He's close. He feels good. And, and Doc said before the game yesterday, I don't want to say he's going to play in our next game, but he's, he's getting very close. So that's the encouraging part. Um, and look, everybody has pointed to the offensive numbers because we'll rave about the defense. They've been sixth best in the league since the coaching change. They're 12th best under Doc Rivers since January 29th. And not to get sidetracked, the impressive part about that is the teams they've played. And three of the last six games, they've held opponents under 100 points. They did that once in the 43 games under Adrian Griffin. But you look at the 15 games they played since the coaching change, Nine of them have been against teams in the top six, so playoff teams in their respective conference. You've had two against the Timberwolves, two against the Nuggets, two against the Cavaliers. Those are all teams in the top three, and that's six of those 15 games. So it's been a very difficult schedule, and the 7-8 and eight record I think is pretty good, all things considered. But offense is what people point to of, yeah, the defense is great, but what about the offense? It's dropped to 20th. But in those games, you know, you have to point out, Brooke Lopez didn't play in three. Damian Lillard didn't play in two. 
Chris Middleton's played 110 minutes in those 15 games since this coaching change. So for all intents and purposes, he's been out nine of those games. That's going to be a big part of it. But I I think the encouraging part is their half-court offense has still been very good in those 15 games, even without Chris. Tenth best in the league in the half-court, which is what you need in the postseason. The biggest thing to me, though, is those minutes when you have your four best players on the floor – You haven't seen it since this coaching change, but all season long with Brooke and Dame and Giannis and Chris on the floor, the Bucs have a 125.7 offensive rating, which would be the best in the league, and a 109.3 defensive rating, which again would be right around two or three overall. So with those guys on the floor, they've been very, very good. And taking it a step further, against the best teams in the league, if you look at the team's top 10 in net rating, the Bucs are 11-7, and and again, that may not seem like an impressive record. It's the third best in the league. So they are third best in win percentage against the best teams in the league and third best in net rating with the third best defense. So with their best players on the floor, they've been very good. And against the best teams in the league, they've been even better. The issue for the Bucs has been – the teams that you're going to see in the next two or, or next three games, the Charlotte Hornets and the Chicago Bulls, they've struggled against those teams. They've played to the level of their competition. But these final 20-plus games, you know, those games against the Hornets and Bulls, and you've got a game against the Wizards, those are incredibly important games because you have to establish some consistency and you still have the toughest schedule left in the Eastern Conference. So those games you look at and say, I don't want to take an opponent lightly, but we should win this game. you got to win those games. JG, can you count on Chris Middleton? You said all that stuff. That was all great stats, I, but can you count on him? I mean, I think so. I, I I understand where you're going, and I've heard it before, but it's the last couple years that we look at. He had the one hamstring issue, and, and that was already almost 10 years ago, it seems like, seven or eight years ago. Um, but other than that, I don't know that I can say he's injury-prone when you look at, well, the Bulls game. He slipped on a wet spot, and that cost him the rest of that season and then got another procedure on his wrist when he was going through rehab in the offseason. This year, I mean, Kevin Durant comes down in his landing zone, and he rolls his ankles. So is that really, oh, the guy can't stay healthy? I think it's just been more of unfortunate luck. And I, I do think with Damian Lillard, it helps Chris Middleton out even more because if you didn't make that trade, Chris Middleton needs to be your best half-court offensive player. So that's where you would really notice, man, we really miss Chris in these moments. And you do. You know, you still miss him. But with Damian Lillard, Chris Middleton's going to be your third option. And the expectations, you're not going to ask him to carry that half-court offense. So I think a lot of it is they're being very cautious with him because of that importance. But I don't know that you can say, man, he's injury-prone and can't stay healthy when you look at the last two injuries he suffered and just how freaking nature they were. All right, Justin, I know we've got to let you go, but now I realize that Tausch was definitely here the last time you joined us with those shoes in the background because I, I know why. you had the Dame Time watch, yeah, it's right and it still oh, has not been yeah. delivered, has it? No, it's still waiting for him to pick it up, so... Well, maybe I'll Max can come get it with the Air Force Ones that you don't have. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, Justin, I've heard you because, you know, uh, 
besides your mom, who I know listens to every word you say on the radio. No, no, not even her. It's, it's basically you. Uh, I listen to you all the time because I'm in the car so much with Maddie for ballet, and it, it, I appreciate you keeping me company on my drives. But I've heard you talk about the schedule being the toughest for a while now, right? They had a couple of easy games. But this is a key portion of that where it's not quite as tough. When you look at this team, if you had to say today, on February 26th of a leap year, what's can we expect this team to be in the Eastern Conference Finals? Are you confident that this team, with all the upheaval and the coaching change and Chris Middleton's injury and the inconsistency of where Dame is at, do you feel good about where this team is trending that we should at least see this team playing for the right to go to the NBA Finals? Um, overall, I do. And I, I think the caveat is, as long as you stay on the line that you are, that two or three seed, I do believe they'll be in the Eastern Conference Finals. You have to avoid that four seed at all costs. Now, coming into the All-Star break, my level of concern was when you looked at the standings and you saw the Knicks have been red hot. They're dealing with injuries, though. Sixers, you don't know when Joel Embiid or if he's going to come back. Right. Those teams behind them, the Pacers, the Heat, and the Magic – there's a little bit of separation between you and them, but they have very easy schedules. The Cavs were who you were concerned with, and the Knicks getting healthy were the concerns because with your schedule, if you go through any stretch of you know 10 games, 8 games, we're talking 2 or 3 weeks there, you're going to be in trouble if those teams start to pick it up. You're already four back of the Cavs in the loss column at the break. And you know the other wow. thing was uh, the, the other part of it. Was, oh, no. <laughs> you don't have the head-to-head tiebreaker against the Cavaliers. You, you split the season series, so it's going to come down to divisional record. Bucks had beaten up on the division for the last five years. That's not the case this year because the Cavs and Pacers have been so much better. They're 9-7. and seven. Their final divisional game is Friday against the Bulls, so you have to win that, and you need Cleveland to go 1-3 and three in their final four divisional games to get that tiebreaker. I still don't think the Bucks are going to catch the Cavs for the two seed because of that and because of Cleveland's remaining schedule. But I don't have a problem with being third and playing the Cavaliers potentially in the second round. The, the big thing is you can't drop to fourth because that's a potential for disaster. If Joel Embiid comes back and the Sixers are the five seed, if you get past that, you have the Celtics in the second round and then the other half. So as long as they stay where they are now, I do believe they'll be in the Eastern Conference Finals. JG, you're the best, man. We appreciate you. Uh, go dust your uh, shoes, and we'll talk to you next time. All right. See you, guys. That is Justin Garcia. You hear him on the Bucks Radio Network all the time. Keeps me company to and from Milwaukee. Now there's another way to enjoy your Bucks material, though, and that, of course, is with Bucks Plus, a first-of-its-kind audio platform from Good Karma Brands and the Milwaukee Bucks. All you got to do is go to bucks.com slash plus, or you can listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. There are five shows that are either live now or will be uh, in the coming days. There's Behind the Bucks, presented by Gallagher. There's Phanalysis, which is our personal favorite in terms of the title, with Phanasis and his podcast. Yep. There's the Here District with Marcus Johnson and his son Chris. There's Bucks and Six with the six-minute recaps of every game in podcast form. And there's Courtside with Gail Clappa, all available right now on Bucks.com slash plus. Whoa, Nelly is next. It's Wilde and Tausch. 
You're listening to Wildey and Tausch on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Call Gina Della from Pella at 855-PELLA-WI or visit online at PellaWI.com slash radio. Garcia, always great to catch up with him. Got a note from the villainous John Wesley saying, I love it when you guys talk bucks. Look, here's the bottom line. This is a football show. We got a guy who played 11 years in the NFL, who knows the game inside and out. Football guy. Football we got, guy. We got me, oh, media guy. But I've covered the league. This is going to be season 29 coming up. Not as long as Peter King, but we, this is why we rely on experts. So when we can get Eric Name, when we can get Justin Garcia... We will bring you Bucks coverage, but I don't want us faking it like we know what we're talking about. I, John Wesley probably knows well, more about the Bucks than I do. I'm going to be honest. I know a lot about the Bucks. I pay attention. Uh, Pat Beverly, I think, has added a nice. I, I know more about the Packers. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I know a lot about but, the Bucks. Quote. We don't know, know nothing about the Bucks. Like, I didn't we know say something I didn't, about I bet I watched more of the Bucks last two games than you did there, Mr. Buck. Yeah, hey, Bango. Last, the last two games. Tell me more. Pat Beverly. How is Pat Beverly, Ben? He brings an edge. He's tough. He's physical. Is, is he a reason why some of this stuff has gotten better? That's another question I was going to ask JG. I didn't have time. Oh, we'll have him back tomorrow. So, sounds like we should start our own thing on Bucks Plus called Bucks Idiots with Wildy Tausch and Jesse. No, not, no Tausch knows. No, a, I'm no not, we should call the podcast. I know a lot about the Bucks. No, I know more than you guys do. I'm not saying I know more than John Wesley. Bucks for dummies. I know more than you guys do. Yeah. Okay. You can just spout all your important statistics when you. Do your podcast. I know a lot about the Bucks with Mark Tauscher. Find it soon on Bucks Plus. Uh, you know what? If you did that, it could be sponsored by Coors Light. That would be fun. Coors Light through the three-step cold process, cold lager, cold filter, and it is cold packaged. So it's made to chill. Born in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado in 1978. Coors Light is refreshing. It's crisp. It's only 102 calories. That's why it is Coors Light in my hand when I need a moment to chill. Celebrate responsibly Coors Brewing Company at Golden, Colorado. I know a lot about the Bucks. The new podcast on Bucks Plus with Mark Tauscher. We'll close things out next. It's Wildey and Tausch. This is Wildey and Tausch on 94.5 ESPN. Sponsored by American Family Insurance. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at amfam.com. Between our time with Justin Garcia and our discussion of Tausch's incredible, vast knowledge of the Milwaukee Bucks, we missed Wonelli. So, in in deference Did to we? Jesse's airtime, Did we? Jesse, you Did can we? close out the show. What do you got? 
Thanks. Uh, so I was at a wedding over the weekend, and what usually happens to I'm Tosh sorry, we're out of time. Happened to me. Uh, a a fan of the show was attending the wedding and came up and introduced himself to me. Nice. Yep. Uh, Scott in Virginia, who uh, was a little Scotty. he was a little misunderstood on the text line. Uh, he thought that it was through the Wisconsin On Demand app, and he's like, "How come I can't find them?" I'm like, "Well, no, you just send it like a basic text message." And he's like, sure. "Oh yeah." Then so, you gave him his, you gave him your number. So now, well, I didn't give him my private line, but I gave him the. <laughs> so he's going to be uh, contributing to the show, I think, more often now, Scott. Uh, but he shared some feedback for us. He he did say he would love if we talked a little more bucks when the bucks are good. So, well, there you go, Scott. I think Scott's a big Good fan of the 11 Tosh. o'clock hour. Uh, yeah, he, no doubt. Do you want to hear any negative feedback that he shared? No. Nope. Yes, I love, yes, <laughs> I do. He said, Tausch can be a little feisty. <laughs> That's not No negative. blank, blank. At all. That's not remotely negative. Scott, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, he said he said sometimes I, listen, he needs to step away a little bit if the shows get okay. a little too feisty. He specifically mentioned That's your okay. name. Here's the deal. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to be a wallflower. I just ain't interested in it. Oh, so I love the wallflowers, though, the band. I love the wallflowers. The Jacob band. Dylan. So that's yeah. a, that's One a headlight. weird deal. Um, there's somewhere in between uh, wallflower and when you're at your feistiest that might be easier for all of us to, you know, weather. But I can't fake. It. I don't want Jason, you to change who you it. are. If you're pissed gonna, about your gonna. breakfast at your hotel, yeah. damn it, I'm not. I want to know about it now. Now uh, there is there are some things from a relationship standpoint with you that I have adjusted. Oh, but outside yeah. of that, okay, no, yes, I it's me because I'm the one who's. It's, it, it, <laughs> hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It, yes, I also it got is it. You. I just realized uh, I, I told Scott you. I would yes. take a picture with him at the photo booth, and I didn't do that. So hey, sorry, uh, Scott. Good luck. Way to go. Good jerk. luck finding that really expensive phone charger. That's it for us today. Hopefully, Tausch can overcome this tragedy and call join that, us tomorrow. Call the lost and found. Get right on it, Mr. Tauscher. Thanks for coming along for the ride with us. Have a great day. Take care. Be good.